Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joey Christopoulos, my co-host, Corey Wooten. You're going to want to stick around for this episode because the Bears made headlines during the NFL trade deadline. Yeah, that's a thing. But first, let's talk about our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. It's the number one source for all your football betting needs this season because they got the latest odds, matchup info, player news, game trends. You name it, they got it. And they're giving away free contests all year long with live betting, live scores, and giveaways as well. So what are you waiting for? Go to BetOnline.ag and you will receive a 100% welcome bonus i repeat 100 welcome bonus with your first deposit that is only when you use promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to receive that reward bet online where that game starts ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for coming into the podcast so much to cover so much to talk about i mean it's already in the rearview mirror that the chicago bears lost the dallas cowboys 49 to 29 last week because we got to get ready for bears dolphins this week we're going to preview that give our final score prediction but first we got to talk about a couple of trades so let's bring in my co-host former bears defense Defensive end, former Northwestern Wildcat, CHGO's very own, Fox 32's very own, the golf course, the golf course giant himself. It's Corey <laughs> Wooten. What's up, Corey? Oh, nothing much, my man. Had, had a nice round uh, yesterday, you know. Nice little 85, not bad, not bad. So we're, we're, start, we're starting to feel the stroke a little bit, working on that cut off the tee. Yeah, I've been very inaccurate with the driver, and the cut is, is, has been a lifesaver for me. What I appreciate the most about that, Corey, is that you were on the golf course and your zen, your focus was so sharp because your phone must have been blowing up because the Chicago Bears were making moves the last couple of days. Exactly. Um, Corey, I was I was excited about this. I don't think we've ever seen an NFL trade deadline quite like this before. As a fan, I kind of hope that it continues moving forward when you see big-name players go to contending teams. And then for the Chicago Bears, a little bit of both. So let's start first. With the, with the first one that came down on Monday, Roquan Smith goes to the Baltimore Ravens for a second-round pick and a fifth-round pick. Corey, thumbs up, th- thumbs down. What would you think of the move? Uh, I, I didn't like the Roquan trade, to be honest with you. You know, it, it's very hard to find good linebackers in this league. And, and I understand, you know, people are saying, well, we don't want to pay him or whatever. He When, when, he's, when he's up to par and, and people are saying, well, he hasn't played, you know, that well this season. The thing is, the defensive line, you know, it's, it's, it's been tough with the defensive line. You know, they, they just haven't played up to par, you know, Robert Quinn, not being there. al Muhammad, not stepping up. Like we thought same with Travis Gibson. It's been, it's tough as a linebacker to play behind guys that, that are, that are not generating penetration. They're not getting off blocks. You know, people get to the second level more often. Um, but Roquan, when he's on, man, he's, he's, he's one of the best in the league, in, in my opinion. So, I would have liked to keep him for another year and, and then potentially, um, you know, franchise him or have an option to maybe negotiate something or trade him at a later date. But especially during this season right now, you know, where the Bears are really struggling defensively, like getting gashed <laughs> in the running game. Um, you know, the you Cowboys, name it. You name it. <laughs> the Cowboys put up 49 on them. I, I, I just don't like it because. You know, it's it's people talk about draft picks, draft picks and draft picks, right? Which is which is good. But the thing is, I'd rather have a proven guy every time before I'm banking on a draft pick. Drafting is like playing roulette, right? Like 50 percent, you know, black, black or red, right? It's 50 percent chance, in my opinion, you know, and, and the thing is, guys usually don't develop well. You know, some do, some yeah. don't. But you're banking on you, you drafting somebody and you know, projecting where they're going to be. But I'd rather have a proven guy that's, you know, Roquan's a two-time uh, all-pro. So I 
I don't know. I, I think it was just a tough situation to let go of him, and I, I wish they would have kept him. Corey, it's a strange situation, right? Because as you just mentioned, when you trade guys, you typically aren't trading the draft picks that you hit on, right? And when exactly. we talk about the vestiges, the legacy of Ryan Pace, which is crumbling around us as Ryan Poles rebuilds this team, Roquan Smith was one of those few hits, his only hit really, in the first round. If you if yep. you really go back and look at it, Trubisky's now working out. Leonard Floyd had success with the Rams. It moves on and so forth. So here are the facts that I can obviously see and wrap my head around, right? One, he has to be traded in training camp. You can say whether that was posturing or not, but he still did it publicly. And that kind of probably threw a wedge into this particular situation. As you mentioned, they didn't want to pay him. They weren't going to pay him $20 million. Roquan Smith, as I had said, he couldn't just take 15. Uh, we couldn't meet in the middle there. It didn't really seem like it was going to happen. And now here we are. He's going to be on the Baltimore Ravens. I got two questions for you, Corey. The first one is, if you could take a guess, when Roquan Smith represents himself as the player, you know, which side do you think probably walked out of what happened in training camp the most bruised or maybe the one the side that was most ready to maybe move on was it the roquan camp which is just roquan who didn't get the money that he wanted who's going to head into his walk here who might be looking at a franchise tag or might be looking at something else or was it ryan poles who when roquan smith says stuff like you know they they negotiated in bad faith and the first gm kind of looks like silly you know what i mean he kind of went exactly. out there and publicly said stuff about so when that yeah. when that ended who do you think walked away being more bruised uh, I think it was probably Ryan Poles, to be honest. I think that's why he ultimately ended up trading him. You know, there if you Roquan, go. if Roquan had an agent, there there would have been no egos involving him and the organization at all, right? The agent is the middleman. He's the one that that's doing all the talking for you, so you don't have to worry about anything, you know. And, and there's no doubt in my mind, if he had a NFLPA certified agent, that deal gets done and he retires as a bear. I, I, there's no doubt about it. You know, I think that was kind of the Achilles heel that, that made this relationship sour. And I think they realized, you know, it probably ended in bad blood where I'm saying like, you know what, I'm not even going to be here next year. So whatever. And I think that's how they ended things. And, and polls kind of realized like, listen, I'm probably not going to be able to work out things with them. And he's probably not going to want to stay. Um, so it's going to be a situation. Maybe if we franchise him, then maybe, maybe he'll walk, but yeah, you know, you brought up a great point because I didn't even think about, you know, that possible aspect of it. But I think that's probably exactly what went down. And and egos, egos are a big thing in this league, whether it's a GM, a player, a coach, an owner. People forget how big egos are, right? And if somebody felt like they, you know, got embarrassed or somebody bad talked them a certain way, you know, it, it I think it rubbed Ryan Poles the wrong way. And I think he was like, you know what? You know, I'm, I'm going to ship him out. We're going to load up on the draft picks and, you know, hey, you got to do what you got to do with this situation. And the one thing is we got to trust that Ryan Poles has this vision, right? I told you we can't really evaluate him till after next season, right? Really, like mm -hmm. what he does in the offseason, you know, in the draft, free agency, and then how that performs on the field, right? You know, I think yeah. I think after next season, we'll have a better idea evaluation-wise of of how Ryan Poles did in his first two years as a, as a Chicago Bears GM. Well, because you're saying to yourself, Braxton Jones is playing right now. We don't know if Braxton Jones is a hit in the draft, right, until probably next year. And the exactly. other thought that I had with Ryan Poles was that he's a first-year GM, and I think that he truly did want to sign Roquan to a long-term deal, and I think they worked on it and it didn't work out. And I think if he was kind of 
looking through and doing some risk versus reward there. You know, let's be honest. There are some stories about Roquan. You know, there's been some stuff off the field. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but that also stuff too is like, can we really kind of gamble on this moving forward? So my follow-up question is this, and I don't know if anyone's asked this yet, but Corey, you played in this defense. You played in this 4-3 Tampa 2 rejuvenated Ron Marinelli defense Mm -hmm. that Matt Eberflus is trying to bring back to Chicago. So my biggest question is, why does this defense feel like it doesn't value the linebacking play when you know very well as anyone else that Roquan Smith is in the Lance Briggs role and we had a Hall of Famer like Brian Urlacher? Linebacker was essential, I feel like, to a lot of what they did with that 4-3 offense. And it doesn't feel like the Chicago Bears really prioritized that in the offseason, trading Roquan Smith. How do you make sense of that? And do they value it in this defense? Uh, it, it should be valued. I, I just don't know right now, um, <laughs> to be honest are, with you, because because yeah. you look at what Roquan had, right? Great speed, and that's a staple in the in the Everything Tampa 2 defense, want. right? Everything you look at Brian want. Urlacher, Lance Briggs, and like you said, you know, Lance Briggs and Roquan Smith, they were playing some similar roles, like the, basically the same exact role. So I, w- I wish I, – it's Roquan is so young, and he's so talented, and I feel like he hasn't even, you know – hit his full potential yet so that's why for me it, it's disheartening but it ultimately came down to the contract negotiations and in this tampa two front right you need a dominant three technique you need you need guys that can get off the football you know from left defensive end all the way to the right uh you need a nose that's athletic is speed quickness that's the biggest thing in the tampa two is gaining penetration you know putting the pressure on them with four rushing cover right and the coverage has actually been pretty good this year, you know, especially the past couple of weeks, right? A young secondary, they've stepped up. It's been the defensive line that's been struggling, right? And then we traded away Robert Quinn, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, no, here we go, right? And and, and you look at what they put together Dominoes. against the Cowboys, right? After yep. they're playing one of their best defensive games against the Patriots, who were coming off a huge win against Cleveland the week before, looking good, putting up 38 points, and all of a sudden we're like, oh, no. You know, I I think people really, really misunderstood the impact that Robert Quinn had out there, you know, as a leader. And look at Roquan breaking down, you know, in in the press conference about him. So I think that tells you everything you need to know. And that's what I worried with that trade, you know, with with Robert Quinn. Right. I think that made more sense than the Roquan one for sure. Robert Quinn's not here next year. Right. But then you look at Robert Quinn back if you want next year. Exactly. If you, if you really wanted to, you could definitely do that for sure. I mean, here's the thing is that, look, I understand, and we're about to get to the other trade, and I think the other trade helps me make sense just a little bit about what they did with Roquan, but also there's just kind of a couple of things that sort of worry me a little bit is you're right, man. Roquan has got a lot of prime, primo, elite years left to go. I think it's really hard to either – I mean, you're either in the boat where you overpay for the for the linebacker, right? You get the Danny Trevathan with that extra tacked-on year that you're going to have to eat later on down the road. You're putting yourself in that position. And also, man, in my opinion, I think it's really hard to draft deeper in the draft linebacker. Unless you're getting a guy up top, I think that third and fourth-round guy – I always think of a guy like John Bostic. If you remember John Bostic, when he came into the league, yep. he had a hard time staying on the field for the Chicago Bears. But if you look his role his career forward four or five years with the Colts and the Steelers – he actually learned the position and actually became a steadying force, not elite, but he had to learn after a long time. So that's kind of 
we already had that locked up with Roquan. I think they're going to look back on it and sort of say, man, I really wish we could have gotten that done. It might have been the money that was worth being spent at that particular time. Yeah, Um, I'm definitely going to regret that one. I I think 100% because Roquan, what he's going to do is is play at all pro level for Baltimore, who's a contender. And, you know, I, I... it, 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 it was a tough season to begin with, right, defensively. And, and then after trading Quinn, you know, I mean, you know, people say Roquan didn't play the best game. I mean, maybe that had something to do with it. You know, some, like, say, some say Roquan knew that he was getting traded on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, that, that's what a lot of people are saying. So think about it. You know you're not even going to be for this team. And listen, everybody's a competitor. And they're like, well, you have to put your best foot out there and go there and do that. But listen, like that's that's got to be a mind a mind fucking away. You know what I mean? That you're all, you're all of a sudden like, okay, I'm getting traded on Monday and I'm playing for this team, and they want me to go out there, put my body, put everything on the line for this team. Don't get hurt. I'm not even gonna be here. You know, yeah, at that point, don't get hurt. Yeah, yeah, exactly, sure. exactly. So that's that's. But yeah, I think they're gonna regret this because it's hard to find guys in this league that can play well. And Rokom was, I'm telling you, like if he continues the trend that he has the past couple of years he will be a Hall of Fame player for sure. And I think the Bears missed Mark. And hopefully, I wish he would add an agent because we wouldn't even be talking about this right now. He'd still be on the team. He'd be locked up for another four to five years. So um, that that's an unfortunate one. But I, I really like the Claypool trade. Like, I, I really like that one, to be honest with you, because it gives Justin Fields weapons. So anybody that kind of thought, you know, Ryan Poles and this organization didn't feel comfortable about Justin Fields and his future, <laughs> this tells you everything you need to know, right? They're spending a second round pick on a guy, Chase Claypool, in my opinion, that he hasn't even scratched the surface of what he can do, Joey. I mean, mm. he you look at his highlight tape, and I I watched him the past couple of years. Listen, he he had Big Ben in his last year that was kind of struggling to get the ball downfield. Then he has Trubis- Trubisky and and Kenny Pickett uh as their quarterbacks this year that have struggled. So I take I take these last two years with a grain of salt. You look at what he did in his rookie year was impressive. He had nine touchdowns, um, just highlight reel, 6'4", 238, has speed, has size. And who knows, he could maybe turn out to be a true number one receiver, right? And then he compliments Darnell Mooney. And then who knows, with Harry in there, if he gets healthy, maybe he can be another guy that can, that can step in and be a, a number three receiver or a number two. Who knows? But I, I love the Claypool pick. He's only 24 years old, right? Yeah. At this point, you know, hasn't really had injury issues like that. All the size, speed, et cetera, um, hasn't scratched the surface yet. So I hats off to Ryan Poles for getting that done. Yeah, I, look, I think the Chase Claypool thing helps justify or at least soothe a little bit about what I feel like with the Roquan Smith deal because I think at the end of the day, I don't think Roquan Smith's going to get $20 million from anyone. So what the hell are we doing in the first place? Should have just stayed in Chicago. But I will say, Ryan Pulse looked at it like this. He he is coveting that draft capital, right? He's holding it very tightly to him. So the fact that he able to he was able to get that second rounder from the Ravens, he can now part with a second rounder and pay maybe a little bit of a higher sticker price, I think, for a guy like Chase Claypool. But, dude, I'm right there with you. My wife's a Steelers fan, as we all know, so here is my breakdown of Chase Claypool. First of all, um, Chicago Bears are always looking for wide receivers, so I'm always looking at tape at wide receivers heading into the draft, and I always find one guy that I go, this guy isn't in the top five or top six, but I'm in love with this guy. Chase Claypool's been one of those guys. Rondell Moore's been one of those guys for me. George Pickens was my guy this year. So Chase Claypool coming to Chicago has me excited. There's a couple things that I like about him. Uh, first of all, I think down the field, 
I think he's got that size and that speed and that athleticism that Justin Fields sorely needs. I think it moves Dante Pettis kind of down the depth chart, which I'm super happy about. And you're right, Corey. All of a sudden, Harry, St. Brown, and Claypool, we got big all of a sudden. We got really big. And now all of a sudden, I think, first of all, Chase Claypool is a red zone beast. I think that's fantastic. That's going to help out a guy like Cole Komet, who we thought would be better in the red zone. Hasn't been. Let's take some of that away from him a little bit and put Chase, put it on Chase Claypool's hands. And the biggest thing that I'm most interested in, Corey, is that I've watched almost every single Steelers game that Chase Claypool has ever played. And I swear to God, it's almost like, it's almost like, you know how you can get into bad habits when you play in situations that aren't ideal. Mm-hmm. Chase Claypool has been underthrown on deep passes so many times in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform you kind of see him like he goes and he almost like slows down in his route because he knows it's going to be short. He turns his body around and then he does one of those standstill jump up and like contested catches ones. And it's almost like he doesn't always come down with them and the Steelers fans give him a hard time. Well, guess what? That's on the quarterback, in my opinion. And I don't think that's something he's going to see in Chicago. I'm I'm personally very excited about it. He's another guy in the assembly line of the reverse sweep uh, that we can deploy to as well. And look, I don't know how much he's going to play this weekend, but I think it really helps. And, man, to your point, too, as well, this also proves that Ryan Poles is serious about trying to figure out who Justin Fields is and can be sooner than later. We've talked about it before about the wide receiver class coming up this winter. It sucks. Uh, I'm giving you guys all a heads up right now. If Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers, Juju's probably the only guy that I would want out there. And he's going to make $1.5 million next year. So we still have all of our money. We still have our second-round pick. And now we have a wide receiver. And if the price of doing business is probably moving on from a guy like Roquan. Yeah. And I, you know what I mean? Uh, what is it? Rob from Peter to, to feed Paul yeah. a little bit yeah. of that situation going on, but yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm thumbs up on Claypool. I'm really excited to see him play. Yeah. And I'm, I'm with you, man. I hope that he can ascend to become more of a, a well-rounded dynamic player than probably he's shown in Pittsburgh so far. Exactly. So think about it. We could potentially save ourselves having to get a, a huge acquisition at, at wide receiver if this pans out, right? And we have another guy under contract for another year, like you said. And look, look at Harry, if, if he, he finishes the year well, right? He could be another viable option. And Mooney as well. So then all of a sudden, this wide receiver pair looks a, a lot better, right? I like Darnell Mooney as a number two, right? slot receiver i think that's where he can really you know make his hay and 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 be what he is you know you look at when Allen robinson was there last year it kind of took the pressure off him right and 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 him and justin fields had that connection he went over a thousand right so i'm hoping claypool can have that same effect right because he has the size the speed and the strength that's going to command attention and then all of a sudden you know you get them over the top and then all of a sudden darnell mooney underneath so it works together And then if Harry can come alive, he looked great in, in the Cowboys game. That touchdown, using his big body, he's another big guy, 6'4", 228, right? You can't teach size over there. So, you know, in that red zone, he was able to block out, you know, that that cornerback. Justin Fields hit him right on the money. So that, having those big bodies in the red zone are going to help him out a lot, right? Because Cole Komet really hasn't come alive. Like we saw last game, he had, he had the great touchdown. But as a whole, he really hasn't been a consistent red zone target for them. So, Hopefully this will open up things. And uh, yeah, anybody that doesn't feel like Justin Fields is going to be a great quarterback. I don't know what you guys are looking at, especially the past couple of weeks. I think he showed everything with limited offensive line, limited weapons at receiver. He has literally put the team on his back, especially against the Cowboys. Great team in the Cowboys where he doesn't turn the ball over. And there was, Oh, we had that one pick. It got called back. That wasn't his fault. It got tipped too. And um 
He's responsible for three touchdowns, two passing, one rushing. I mean, they could not stop him rushing the football. I mean, it's unbelievable what he can do. He's the closest thing to Lamar Jackson. And at the end of the day, when he fully develops, I think he will be a better passer for sure. And I think he can be a perennial pro bowler, a, a, a guy that is a nightmare for opposing defenses. <laughs> Look at Demarcus Lawrence. He had himself a tough game. He had the sack at the end, whatever. But one-on-one on Justin Fields, yeah. oh, my goodness, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. good luck, right? Zone reads, hit the corner on him a bunch of times on boots. Like, Justin Fields is a defensive end nightmare, right? Yeah. Like, not, not even Micah Parsons is catching him, and he's one of the most athletic guys. Like, Justin Fields, one-on-one on a defensive end, good luck, Chuck. Well, my, my final point really quick on Chase Claypool, just to accentuate what you're saying, is that uh, two things. One, if you said to yourself, week nine of last year, would you trade Chase Claypool for Allen Robinson? You would do it, and you would probably do it again this year. And guess what? He's making $13 million, and Chase Claypool's making $1.5. That's an important thing to remember. The other one, too, is that Chase Claypool is a fantastic run blocker. Uh, and pass blocker too as well as a wide receiver. He can get out there and he can be physical for a team that's leading the NFL with 188 rushing yards a game. And and real quick, Corey, before we get to Corey's keys to hopefully a Bears victory versus the Dolphins, let me just say something real quick about Justin Fields. And let me just tack on. I'm not going to, you know, you've just said everything that I really feel like and emotionally right now. But the people out there right now that are saying that what Justin Fields did against the Cowboys was garbage time. All right, can I, can I just tell them, can I just tell them to shut up for a second? First of all, we were down 14 to nothing. He came down and scored and brought us to 14 to seven. Okay. It's not his fault that the defense only allowed one punt in that entire game. All right. They went down 21 to seven and then they went down 28 to seven and Justin Fields kept leading his team back all the way up to the point where it was 28 to 23. Okay. So no, that was a real live game. Dallas was still continuously trying to score throughout that game. They wanted to put up 60 on us. They got 49 on us. So don't tell yeah. me for a second that they were leaning back and letting Justin Fields do whatever he wanted. Justin Fields, in my opinion, wants to rip the ball 25 yards down the field. But I think for the first time, Corey, man, you see it, dude. When he gets back there, we've talked all about that decision-making when he plants that back right foot. And I think he's got that control now. If he knows the spacing, he understands when to tuck and run. He knows when to rip it. And he's got that first step now, that long first step that helps him evade the pass rushers that I think he learned over the offseason that we didn't see last year. I just think that dude looks poised, comfortable, and he's starting to toy with people. Literally, you can tell with defenses now, Corey. Can you smell it with opposing defenses that they don't know what he's going to do on any given play? Like, they exactly. really don't, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. when he's got him in the palm of their hand. It's unbelievable. And I look at the, the Cowboys game, right? You look in the first drive. I thought, you know, the first play of the game, I loved it. You're being aggressive, taking a shot deep. And, hey, that that was one of two plays for me that Justin Fields missed the mark on, right? The, the long bomb to St. Brown, right? Yeah. Should have let him, right? You put it only to where he can get it, right? It's like in golf, right? Never leave the birdie putt short. Never leave the bomb short. You know, so he's got he's to lead him a little bit more. And the other one, was the one, the Pettis, right? When Pettis had a step on him, he's just got to hit it at the corner, the pylon, and, and just and just let him go and get it, right? It's either yeah. he gets it or nobody at all. So he missed the mark on, on those two. But other than that, I mean, once he got on the move in that second drive, everything started to open up, and that's how he gets confidence, right? He's, he's a lot like Lamar Jackson in a lot of aspects, right? Lamar Jackson gets going when he can get on the move. You look at Justin Fields, once he started scrambling, once they started getting the rollouts, what design runs, then all of a sudden he has this little little pep in his step. And then all of a sudden you're I can just tell every game when he starts yep. to get confident, right? And, and it's like in basketball, right? LeBron may be 
you know, not not feeling that well early on in the game, and all of a sudden he gets a big dunk, boom. You know, the crowd gets into it all of a sudden. That gets him going. And then all of a sudden he's like, okay, cool. Sometimes as, as athletes, you just need that one little confidence-building play that you're like, oh, okay, I got it now. So that's what yeah. you see from Justin Fields. And, and hats off to Luke Getze. That's it's a few weeks in a row of calling pretty good plays, you know, to, to game plan for Justin Fields' strengths, what he does well. You know, and, and you talk about, I was really nervous about this defensive line, you know, really dominating this offensive line. And they played pretty well, to be honest. You know, some of the sacks came at the end of the game when we really needed to score and we dropped back at that point. You know, I take that with a grain of salt. But for the most part, against one of the talented, most talented fronts in football, right, with the exception of the San Francisco 49ers, this offense had a pretty good game plan against them. And that's what I'm saying. Like, they don't have the weapons yet, right? They don't have the offensive line yet. Imagine, you know, when we solidify this offensive line, you know, we maybe get another weapon in the offseason, right? We have a talented running back tandem. Watch out for watch out for this this offense with Justin Fields, right? Because if you could buy him another second where, where he can really sit back there, scramble, I mean, teams are gonna have to keep a spy guy every time. You know what that means? When he has the weapons, that one less defender covering in the pass. So yep. so next year, I think it's I think it's gonna be a different ball game because Poles is going to surround them with talent, right? So I'm I'm just trusting, and, and the Bears fans should trust the process right now. It's going to be a tough rest of the season defensively, no doubt about it. But I think I, but I think we're going to see this offense continue to improve, which we have. So I think that's the one good thing, right? You said this from the beginning. The one thing is all about Justin Fields this season. This is what this season is about, right? Getting him confident, right, and just getting him to play better. I think we've accomplished that thus far, right? Early on, it started out slow but he's been rising since, right? And I think everybody around the league, analysts, players are realizing that Justin Fields is that dude and he hasn't even come close to scratching the surface of what he can be, right? So yeah. so think about it. Think how scary that could be when he gets when he gets another weapon. He gets an offensive line that can block with a great running game. <laughs> Watch out now. And honestly, that's, I mean, I want offensive line in the offseason. Just give me some offensive line. I don't even really care. Enroll with Claypool, Mooney, draft a guy, see what happens. And Corey, man, you're right. It's been outhouse to the penthouse with this Bears offense this year. And also what we talked about was how many games do you want to see from this Bears team? Wins or loss aside, where you walk out of it being like, man, Justin Fields, that's my guy. You know what I mean? That's my dude. And we're starting to stack them up a little bit, man. I mean, I'm counting, I think, at least four or five now where I'm yeah. like, man. Two Justin, in a row, though. Yeah, two in a row, and you know what? Uh, really impressive stuff. And, Corey, man, it started so historically bad. If you look at the last three games, Chicago Bears in total offensive yards, eighth in the NFL. Yeah. Small sample size, but, again, trending in the right direction. Number one in rushing yards. Number one in right. rushing yards, dude. Average, I mean, 240 last week. We're popping 200 a week the last three weeks during that yeah. span. So, I mean, look – all yeah. these are just pieces that are going to be moving forward that we want to concede, continue to progress. And we're seeing that progression right now. So Corey, you mentioned that defense a little bit, so it's time. I'm dying to hear it, man. Um, week nine, the Chicago bears are taking on a Miami dolphins offense that I think is top five in the NFL right now. And I've got explosive, some stats. explosive and, I, and I'm terrified. So tell me, Let's just go to Corey's keys to a Bears victory in week nine. What is it going to take on the lakefront? What is the first key for you to beat these Dolphins? 
Ooh, well, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this at this game. And Ryan Urlacher, like um, Dick Buckus. Uh, <laughs> we need that. We need them in their prime. Um, five Corey Wootens. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I think it comes down to this, right? Like, how are we going to generate pressure on Tua, right? Because you look at the Miami Dolphins as a whole, they're not a run heavy team, right? You know, Mozart. He, he, he's okay at times, you know, but I think no. their mantra is really sticking to the pass. That's Real quick, really 28th, 28th in the NFL, 88 rushing yards a game. Exactly. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if <laughs> looking at the tape, like, oh, my gosh, these guys cannot stop the run. But usually teams stick to their guns, right? That's just what teams are, right? Very rarely do you see teams kind of divert from the game plan of what's been working all season. So, they have two of the most explosive wide receivers in the game. They have a great tight end. So I look for them to pass the ball. How are, are we going to pressure Tua, right? Because at times when he's been pressured, that's when he struggled a little bit, right? When when they keep him clean, he has time to throw. He has time for Tyreek Hill and Waddle to go deep. They go up and make plays. So it's going to be critical about pressure up front, right? And we haven't generated consistent pressure with a front four, especially without Robert Quinn there. Really worries me. So how is Alan Williams going to dial up the blitz package? Because they're going to have to do that. We're going to have to run games. We're going to have to run stunts. We're going to have to bring different guys off the edge, whether it's a cornerback, whether it's a safety. We must do that in, in this game. And, uh, yeah, it comes down to the pressure. You know, if you can pressure Tua, you know, he gets a little erratic with the throws and whatnot. Um, so it, it's going to come down to that. I want to see how they're going to pressure him with the front four and the blitz. Yeah, Corey, right now the Miami Dolphins are second in the NFL with yards per attempt at 8.4. They're third in the NFL, 6.2 yards per play gained. So, and they're getting Jeff Wilson. So I don't know if Jeff Wilson's playing on Sunday. He gashed us up pretty good when he played us in week one. I don't know if that's really going to be the story there. I mean, I'm looking at guys like Tyreek Hill, who already has, it's, it's November 2nd, and he's got 961 receiving yards right now. Seven games of seven plus receptions so far this season. Four games of one hundred. You said nine hundred and sixty-one. Right now, it 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 was just Halloween, Corey. So 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 he's probably going to break the if, if he stays on this pace, he's going to break the record by a lot. He's already got four games of one hundred and sixty plus receiving yards. And are you telling me Kindle Vildor is taking him? I mean, it's going to take a village. I don't mean to take a shot at Kindle. But you know what I mean? I'm terrified. Oh, Every team in the NFL tries to stop him, and guess what? They they can't. Jalen Waddle also 727 receiving yards right now. Five touchdowns. They are going to combine, Corey, possibly for 3,500 3, yards of two passing. Oh, I think passing. they'll do that easy. Just the two of them. Just the yeah, two of them, Yeah, I dude. think they'll do that easy. And I think I think if Tua, if Tua wasn't hurt for two of those games, he sat out for a concussion, Tyreek Hill might have over a thousand right now, and and Waddle might be at nine hundred. Honestly, like it's it's I I don't understand why so many people are so down on Tua. I'm like, all he's done is make plays, and I understand he's had wide receivers that have made plays for him, right? But that's a mark of of the team, Mike McDaniel's putting him in a position to succeed. So his success is their success. So I don't understand why people are like, oh, he's not that good, and I don't believe in him. Listen, he's their offense has been flourishing. OK, a year ago when he was there, it wasn't right. Why you surround him with talent and you have a talented play caller. So what's the big deal? Why? Why are people so down upon Tua? what he's done? I said that I said I said, honestly, you could you could make an argument right now. He's top five in the league at quarterback. And it was, what? No. No. the way he's playing offensively, how, how could how could you dispute that? You know, Dude, he, th he threw for 386 last week in a league right now that isn't going for over 300 yards with its passers right now. And, dude, for me, it's a little bit of a sins of the father situation of you look at that owner 
who isn't awesome. Uh, you know what I mean? They tried to court Tom Brady. You know, they had Brian Flores. They kind of kicked him out the door. We all know that story about trying to get incentivize them to lose. And the guy had this really bad hip injury, Tua. And they come and they bring him back. And they didn't protect him in the right way in the public eye because they were benching him and, and, and pulling him in games when he clearly wasn't healthy, when he clearly wasn't ready. And, you know, God forbid, once a guy gets actual weapons in the NFL – the guy can succeed. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. It's not Devontae Parker and Cedric Wilson anymore. Yeah. It's Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. You know what I mean? Which is real quick. I want to toss in my key real quick before you get to your next one. Mm -hmm. my, my, my key to this game is just called net neutral. And, Corey, this is what I mean by net neutral. I'm already conceding the fact that this Dolphins offense is going to give the Bears defense problems, okay? Mm -hmm. Just what I want to see is can they just play – keep it in neutral for the first quarter, Okay. Don't make it 21 to seven in the second quarter. All right. Can we make this a competitive game? I, you know, can we make it in the second quarter? It's 14 to 10 or 10 to seven or something like that, because I want to see the bears get into a track meet, but they're not going to be able to get into a track meet. If it's 24 to 10 in the early in the part in the second quarter and the offense has no chance because every time the dolphins get the ball, they score right away. Okay. So they just need to play competitive football. They're going to give up points. But just let us hang around in there. Let the offense get cooking a little bit. Let's make this fun. Let's turn it into a shootout. But the only way to do that is just we can't let them score in the first four possessions of the game. That's that's one exactly. of my keys. A little net neutral here early on. Yeah, my, my key is is Luke Getzi. Stick with the plan, right? The past yeah. two weeks, hats off to you, right? People were, people were claiming you were a genius from the beginning of the season. We didn't see that early on. And the past couple of weeks, what you've done, with, with the roster and the weapons that this offense has has been remarkable, right? You put Justin Fields in a position to succeed. You, you've, you've relied on the run game, you know, work the play action, getting him on the move, things he's comfortable with, right? And we put up 29 points on the Cowboys, right? The previous week looked good against the Patriots. So let's build off this, right? And stick with the same game plan. Don't worry about the defense, right? At that point, that's on them, right? Control what you can control. And I know it's a team game. But Luke Getzey, focus on the game plan that works for you. And if that game plan, right, running the football, because we're the number one rushing team in football right now in the NFL, right, rely on that running game. What is it going to do? It's going to keep that talented Miami offense off the field, right? And that's how you win a game like this, right? Time of possession, right? Mm -hmm. Every year you see Seriously. you you see the talented offensive team comes into town, and all of a sudden they're like, nope, we're going to run the football. We're going to run the football. We're going to hold the ball. We're going to keep you from having the football. And all of a sudden, before you go, you're in the fourth quarter, and it's like, oh, it's 17-14. Okay, we got a shot. It's 21-14. It's a close game. So control that time possession. Rely on that run game. Get Justin Fields confident. Get him on the move. Give him the option, the run-pass option. When you can do that, it's a nightmare for defensive linemen, right? And then all of a sudden, you take an extra defender out when they have to spy for him. So keep with that same game plan. I love it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with one of my keys, too, as well, that I did last week, which kind of bit us in the ass. I said protect the football. That Dave Montgomery fumble, now, I'm not saying we were going to beat the Cowboys, right? We lost by 20, but I'm saying that was a real game changer, right? That turned the game from, oh, can the Bears get their back, get themselves back into it into, no, they extended the lead to two, three scores. We're in a lot of trouble. So you got to protect the football. And, I, and all, the other part about it is I just want to see clean football because the Dolphins are the fourth most penalized team in the NFL right now. So that's going in our favor. But honestly, I just want to see clean football because I just give Justin Fields a chance, right? No turnovers, no holding penalties. Just let the kid play, all right? That's just what I, I'm not saying that's going to lead to a victory. I just think that's going to lead to Justin Fields' success. Get out of his way, everybody. Yeah. Corey, we've been talking about this since last year with Matt Nagy when we said, 
holy cow, is it possible that the, the football in Justin Fields' hands is the best shot the Bears have to win football games? We said that last year when he wasn't playing very well. Corey, that time has come. The ball is in his hands. That is our best shot to win games. Keep it clean. Protect the football. We have a shot to win. QB1, baby. I love it. Love it. And my, my last key is win the turnover battle, right? In a game like this, I called it time of possession. You have to control the football. But defensively, right? Eddie Jackson, Kendall Vildor, right? Brisker, step up with some big turnovers, right? That's Brisker what played to. pretty well last week, yeah, though, to be fair. In a 49-point game, he played pretty good. Yeah, because Tua, honestly, right, he's been playing well, but he throws it up there and hoping they can get it, right? Tyreek Hill is a shorter guy, right? I know he can beat you deep, but there's been a couple times where there's a jump ball where Tyreek Hill is beating a guy that he shouldn't. So at that point, I'm saying, hey, we need to step up. Eddie Jackson, play center field out there. Let's get a pick or two, right? If we could do that, that can change the momentum of the game. And, and that's going to be one of the ways that we beat them, right? Because when Miami is rocking, they're not turning the ball over. They're, you know, two is passing for four or five touchdowns, 300 to 400 yards, right? But if we can steal some, get some turnovers over there and really capitalize that and offense goes down and scores touchdowns, that could be something that we can do because this this defense has struggled all year. The biggest thing right now going forward is you have to be a team that takes away the football for them, right? To offset some of these yards, some of these drives, going to have to get the turnovers on Sunday. Man, Corey, that's a great point. You know, they played the Steelers the other week. I was watching it with my wife, and, man, he threw four of them, like, right between the numbers to the Steelers, and they just dropped it. You know what I mean? Yep. So exactly. over 1.5 interceptions for Tua in, that, in this game definitely gives the Bears a shot to win, which, Corey, it means it's time, man. It's final score prediction time. Uh, we we took one on the chin last week. Uh, it's yeah. been a wild year. It's the schizophrenic Bears. We're not quite sure who's going to show up every single week outside of Justin Fields. Uh, I'm I'm going to beg you and implore you to go first. Uh, right. Final score <laughs> prediction, Bear, uh, Bears-Dolphins week nine. What do you got? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it's going to be a tight one, but uh, unfortunately the, the Dolphins are going to come out on top. 30, 31 to 21. You know, I think Ooh, this is going to be okay. another 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 one that that comes down to the fourth quarter where things are tight, maybe a score and they they score a field goal to to go up two scores. But I think yeah. Justin Fields and the offense is going to play well. Ultimately, I think it comes down to this defense just struggling to generate pressure. Right. And and you look at the weapons that they have offensively. I just don't know if we can get the pressure even dialed up because then that takes one defender from coverage against arguably the, the best trio of wide receivers and tight end in the league. So. Yeah, this this one this one definitely makes me nervous. Um, you know, it comes down to to the game plan, but I think ultimately Miami's is going to be too much. Yeah, final score for me is sixty four to sixty one. No, I'm kidding. No. Um, uh, Corey, I'm I'm with you, man. Um, I don't think I don't think the Bears have enough juice right now, and you just see what's going on defensively, and you got to say to yourself, man, they are in a lot of trouble because they've been in trouble all year long. So I just can't trust that right now. But Corey, this is uh, this is a score that I'm going to honestly say with my heart i'm gonna say that the bears are gonna lose but i'm gonna go like i'm gonna i'm with you man i think like 35 to 31 honestly i and this yeah. is kind of the thing about it is that i don't think we're gonna be able to stop that defense I, i'm sorry the dolphins offense i really really hope that they can at least give us a chance in the first quarter to hang in there trade some scores let's trade some leads a little bit i would love to see that but the dolphins you know we're not a big passing offense but the dolphins you know, they've allowed five different quarterbacks to pass for over 250 yards against them. You know, you, we know we're going to run the ball. They give it up a little bit. We're going to be able to score some points. We've at least shown consistently that we can get into the red zone. And now we're letting Justin Fields, you know, make some plays in the red zone now. 
I mean, we can get a little bit better at our two-point conversion plays. I'll just say that out loud. Just, just a little bit. Uh, but, no, I think the Bears do lose this one, 35-31. Again, entertaining game. I'm rooting for Justin Fields' progress. Uh, Bears lose. I walk away being like, man, Justin Fields is awesome. Kind of like how I felt the last couple weeks, so on and so forth. Um, and you know what? Let me just put it out there like this. We did a final score. Before you go, Corey, though, if the Bears win this game, mm-hmm. What do you think that does? Because honestly, if you look at their schedule, mm-hmm. if the Bears win this game and they go four and five, you do realize that they are in that graphic on NBC that still says they're in the, the hunt. hunt for the playoffs. <laughs> and they would, in theory, probably still remain tied with the Packers, who we think are going to beat the Lions yeah. this week. And that schedule, Corey, yeah. gets a little soft over the next month or so. Does. If they win yeah. this game, it can. I'm not saying pivoting, game changer, or anything like that. But, yeah. man, I, it would be a really interesting... Uh, it would be a really interesting scenario because I think a lot of us are now kind of, I don't think we've got playoffs in our minds, but you know, yeah. Yeah. It could change things a lot, but I just ultimately think this, this defense just isn't talented enough to stop really anybody, even the lions or any of the other teams, green Bay, you know, has been struggling. I just don't, I just don't believe in this defense after the Patriots game. I, I felt really good about the direction of defense, right? especially after the Patriots were coming off a huge win in Cleveland, you know, beating the brakes off, put up 38 points. I'm like, oh, I feel really good about this Bears team. And And then they traded their two captains. Exactly, which is kind of frustrating because, like, I understand you're on the mindset of next year, right? But you still have to get through this season, right? And you have to make things competitive. I don't care – you know, whether, whether, whether you're, you're winning games or not, you just don't want to get blown out. You don't want to, you don't want to be, you don't have somebody put up 49 on you and, and we're going to, you know, put up more. I mean, the Cowboys, even at the end of the game, third and long, they were like, shoot, we're going to drop back and pass. Even when we're up 49, 49, uh, 29 on you. So yeah, it's, it's just, it's just tough to see. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just hoping that we could just be competitive. That, that's all I ask for. I, I'm hoping turnovers can offset the lack of talent and lack of play. Um, be, it's it's going to be a rough rest of the season, honestly, if we can't figure how, how to generate pressure and how to stop the run. Those are especially stopping the run. That's like a non-negotiable and that, that hasn't been able to happen. So yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a tough stretch. The only thing that I'm looking forward to, like you said, is just Justin Fields continuing to progress. That's, that's all I'm worried about. Right. Because, People were up and down about him, but I think they've realized that that he can play. And like we've been saying, you just need a play caller to script for success for him, put him in position to succeed. That's all he needs. And he showed you everything you need to know. If he has weapons, he's throwing for 300 yards. I don't care what anybody says. You know, he's been doing it with Austin Pettis as his best receiver at times. And that's telling. It's no disrespect to him. He's an NFL player, but he is not he is not a number one. He is not it's a not number good. two. It's okay. I don't I don't even know if he's a number three, and that's no disrespect at all, but it is what it's it is tough. this year. Yeah, yeah, it's been tough. So so you you combine, you know, Claypool when he's going, and then all of a sudden Darnell Mooney when the pressure's off him, and potentially Harry and another target. And your you boy know. brought Byron Pringle coming off the IR, man. Exactly. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. No, it'll be interesting to see because if no, we it's can compl- develop we, some of these guys, right? If We, we talked about a complimentary guys. room. A complimentary room, Corey. Exactly. You know and so I mean? if we can develop some of these guys and maybe save some picks or acquisitions at the wide yeah. receiver and not have to use those, as well as the left tackle, if Braxton Jones is our left tackle of the future, I think the rest of the season will dictate that, right? 
how he how he fares against some of the more talented pass rushers as he goes along, right? Preston Smith, uh, how is he going to go against Daniel Hunter, right? Which I think he did pretty well in that game. You know, Zedaria Smith, some of these guys, Aiden Hutchinson, how does he fare against these guys, right? And if, and if, and if we could lock him up at left tackle, and I'm not saying he has to be an all-pro, a pro bowler every year, but if he can give us like Charles Leno in his best years, boom, that's money, right? That's a consistent pass blocker that, that you know, is is one of the top graded guys, but maybe doesn't get the street cred that that you know a Trent Williams or some of these guys get. But hey, that's all we need is, is a stable left tackle, and then all of a sudden that kind of sh- shifts things, and then we can get a right tackle, and then we really focus on that defensive line, which we are in need of. We are in need some dudes at defensive line. So yeah, the, the rest of the season that's what we're looking for, right? The receivers are they going to develop? Braxton Jones is he our left tackle of the future? Because if we can if we can get some clarity there, uh, that I think that would be really good uh, situation going into the offseason for what we can spend. Corey, great episode. Big show, my friend. Big week in the NFL. And for some reason, I don't know, a three and five Bears team, you know, was just kind of in the headlines this week, man. So I'm so happy I was able to hop on with you and chop it up while we also preview Bears Dolphins in week nine. Today's episode of Believe in Bears is presented by BetOnline.ag. 100% welcome bonus when you use the promo code BLEAV on your first deposit. Corey, man, uh, man, awesome time. Good episode. Uh, maybe we're wrong. Hopefully we're wrong this week. We've been wrong a lot with our final score predictions. But you know what, man? It's been entertaining. It sucks being right all the time. I know a lot of people love being right all the time. I love being wrong. I love being proven wrong. I love learning. I love growing and expanding. That's what this whole season is about for exactly. me, the Chicago Bears, and Justin Fields. Uh, Corey, man, throw out your socials. Great to see you, man. And uh, yep. we'll be back next week, hopefully talking about a Bears win. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Corey Wooten, C-O-R-E-Y-W-2-O's-2-T's-O-N. And another great pod, like you said, man. I know there's been a lot of a lot of things happening, shifts in the locker room, Robert Quinn gone, Roquan Smith gone. We did uh, get Claypool, which I think will be a great addition to this offense. But Bears fans, try not to think about this year as a whole, right, as the whole team. Because for me, defensively, it's a wash, right? They're, I, there's not much we can do to improve at this point, to, to be honest, right? Yep. Secondary has been good at, at times if they can capitalize on turnovers. But I think this really comes down to Justin Fields growing, right? Luke Getze really becoming the play caller that we all thought he could be, right? Coming from Green Bay, uh, you know, Aaron's, Aaron Rodgers praised him. Uh, people around the league praised him. Darnell Mooney talked about him being a genius. And now we're starting to see stuff coming together and him really growing as a, a play caller. And him and Justin Fields working together, that relationship is going to be critical, right? And we've seen it blossom over these past couple of weeks. So how is that going to continue to grow and put Justin Fields, have him finishing the season very confident, right? Completing some of these down-the-field throws, the shots, the bombs, you know, the timing of aspects. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And hopefully him and Claypool can really gain a great connection together. Bumble. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Recovered know, go, by the offense. <laughs> and go into next year, you know, with, with a great feeling about, about where the direction this team is going, right? So this yeah. is all about Justin Fields. So fans, this, this season, the rest of the season is about Justin Fields' growth, right? If we can win some games in the process – that's great, right? But at, at some time, you just have to sit back and say, okay, this team, this season is all about Justin Fields' growth, right? Because it's hard to find a quarterback in this league. And I feel like the Bears have finally found their quarterback. 
you know, it, it's been a while, right? Jim McMahon has been the, the most winning quarterback for the Bear, you know, Rex Grubb, whatever. We actually find a found a guy that can play, right? That can run the football. He can do it all. He can pass it. He has a cannon of an arm. It's just about getting him confident, right? And next year, when he has the weapons around him and the offensive line to protect him, mark my words, he will be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I am a firm believer in that. You put the weapons me- around him, you put the offensive line, he will yeah. be he will be that, right? And, and and it's almost like sometimes people, you know, think think the mark of a good quarterback is how they how they can how can they perform when they have nobody, right? Look at Aaron Rodgers right now. He is struggling, right? And he's been, he's been a classic example of, you know, done a lot with a little, right? He's not really doing that much right now, right? Arguably one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. Tom Brady, right? Same thing. He's struggling with some weapons. So, I'm just saying, pump the brakes on on everyone saying this that, and the other about Justin Fields because when he gets weapons, watch out. Look what Tua has done, and I think Justin Fields is more talented than Tua, in my opinion. Oh, oh, oh I totally agree. I mean, look what's happening to Justin Herbert right now. None of their receivers are healthy. He's not exactly ascending as a superstar as we all thought he was. And Corey, man, when it comes to quarterbacks, you give me Jim Miller, you give me Jim Miller and Marty Booker and Marcus Robinson. And let's go. Let's go down the field. Let's have ourselves a good time. Uh, Great stuff, Corey, man. Uh, Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. You can follow us. You can find us at Believe.com, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, TuneIn, SiriusXM. And thank you so much for coming back every single week. Our audience is growing every single week. Please do us a favor. Tell one friend to check out Believe in Bears as we break down Bears action every single week. We'll be back next week, hopefully after Bears win. Peace out. And remember, bear down. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.